This episode of Popular Mechanics, the most useful podcast ever, is brought to you by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payment solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more and get your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, that is free of fees, go to braintreepayments.com useful. That's braintreepayments.com useful. We are here in the Popular Mechanics Workshop playing with a PolyScience Anti-Griddle, which is a machine about the size of a microwave with a surface that reaches 30 degrees below Fahrenheit after about 10 minutes. Um, it's kind of like a frying pan, but reverse, like a cold frying pan. Chefs use it to make fancy desserts and instant popsicles and stuff like that. It's been on TV. It's a pretty cool machine. Uh, we're just trying to learn about the best ways to freeze foods and prevent freezer burn, but uh, we're also just freezing stuff because we can. Kevin, do you want to talk to me about what we've done so far? All right, so we've got a pretty big range of things we've tried freezing. We've got sugar-free jello, sugar-free pudding, maple syrup, olive oil, naked juice, applesauce. I think the general favorite so far has been the applesauce, but probably the most interesting thing we've noticed is that things, it seems like, that have the most water in them tend to stick to the griddle. So we put the sugar-free jello on and we can't get it off. It's completely stuck. It's, a, it's an iceberg. Those were the golden times. You could be as hot as flames or as cold as ice. Aside from throwing ridiculous frozen sugar parties on Friday afternoons, we're always testing stuff here at Popular Mechanics in an effort to make both our lives and your lives better. We like to learn about science and machines and cars, but especially in ways that improve everyday tasks. In the first episode of this podcast, we'll find out how you can make earplugs in the microwave, what that noise is that might be keeping you up at night, how to freeze things so that they taste better, and whether you even need to eat food at all. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and this is the most useful podcast ever. These are melted semi-sweet morsel chocolate chips from Nestle. Mm. <laughs> that actually looks real. That looks really good. Yeah, it looks and it, chocolate pastry or something, like I don't know, like a chocolate cookie, but it's just made from pure melted chocolate. Like, <laughs> so it's like, so it's like a chocolate bar. Chocolate bar, yeah. <laughs> only, only we made it with a thirteen hundred dollar machine. There's actually a store in the building where we could have just bought a chocolate bar, but the reason we're playing with the anti-griddle is because I've actually been wondering about the physical process of freezing ever since I worked on a story for the magazine about frozen vegetables and how they're not nearly as bad as everyone makes them out to be. In the course of editing the story, I came across a guy named Clarence Birdseye. The only Birdseye I know is the frozen vegetable company my mom used to buy. So I Google Clarence Birdseye, and it turns out that not only did he start that company, he also invented a new type of freezing. The type of freezing Clarence Birdseye invented we now call flash freezing, which is basically what makes TV dinners, Totino's pizzas, and frozen vegetables possible. Clarence Birdseye discovered this by accident during a winter when he was trading furs on the peninsula of Labrador in Canada. He observed how the native Inuits froze fish instantly, using a combination of wind and extremely cold temperatures, and how that kept the fish firmer and tastier when it came time to eat it. Now there are companies that flash freeze using snow made from dry ice and liquid nitrogen fog and all sorts of cool materials, but the rationale remains the same. Generally speaking, the faster you freeze a food, the better it tastes when you warm it back up. So I called Luke Laborde, who is a food scientist at Penn State University, to ask him a few questions. Dr. Laborde, we've been playing with a flash freezing over here, just trying to figure out how flash freezing works. Can you explain to me kind of the difference between freezing something quickly and freezing it slowly? The advantage in general to quick freezing, flash freezing, is to get those ice crystals down to as small a size as possible. The reason why that is 
advantageous depends on, on the food. In the case of ice cream, you want very tiny crystals because there's a certain size crystal that your tongue can sense. And if the crystals exceed that limit, you get kind of a sandy, undesirable texture to the ice cream. So when you freeze a food quickly, you get smaller ice crystals, and those don't rip holes in the cells of the rest of the food. And big crystals, on the other hand, do. Is that related to freezer burn in any way? Basically, yes. Well, our home freezers, most of them are, do a pretty poor job of keeping things extremely frozen. But in our home freezers, especially those that have the freeze-thaw option on there, if the door is open periodically, you're going to get shifts in temperature. And as that temperature rises, it could still be below freezing, but as it rises and gets close to that, those uh, smaller crystals turn into the larger crystals. And instead of this nice homogeneous batch of, of crystals, now you have big ones. And the critical part is remove water in between the crystals, and now you have dry spots. So if a person wanted to prevent that, what kind of freezer would they get? Like, What kind of freezer do you have? Uh, well, we got the one that doesn't have the freeze-thaw. It's, it's the defrosting option, because what those have, those freezers have a heating element that heats the walls, so you don't get ice buildup on the walls, but it's not good if you want really high-quality frozen products. To get back to flash freezing for a minute... What if you're using like dry ice or liquid nitrogen to freeze stuff the way the companies like Bird's Eye or Green Giant do? That would freeze food super fast, like our anti-griddle, but then it's also kind of dangerous, right? Well, if you're handling dry ice, you definitely want to use gloves. People think they can pick it up for a quick second, but be surprised. How long does it take to, to freeze you? I would say just a few seconds if you're contacting right on it. I think that's like 80 below or something. It's wow. pretty cold. But liquid nitrogen, you have to have a special container... Uh, be careful when you're, you're pouring it and that you don't spill it on you. But, you know, it all depends how much. I've seen some people who get it on themselves and it's no big deal as long as it quickly evaporates. But as it evaporates, it's pulling the heat out of you, and so your skin will freeze and you'll get the same damage as, your, as the food might, might get. But not, as, but not as much damage as if you slow froze your finger. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess so. <laughs> well, that's why, you know, if, yeah, definitely if you were going to freeze parts of your body or something, you know, you'd want to use uh, liquid nitrogen <laughs> so you don't turn into a, you know, a mess. <laughs> Which hopefully, hopefully we, would, we don't want to do. Right. I think the takeaway here is that if you want good-tasting frozen food, you need to freeze it as quickly as possible, thaw it as quickly as possible, and keep it totally frozen in between. And if you're worried about freezer burn, which you might be if you're going to store meat or produce long-term, say in your garage, what you want to do is avoid freezers that have an automatic defrost function because repeated thawing and freezing that those cause can contribute to freezer burn, which makes your food taste bad. This episode of Popular Mechanics, the most useful podcast ever, is brought to you by Braintrade. And here's something you might be thinking about making, an app. If you are an app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is code for easy online payments. Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. And they do that because these companies know that Braintree can make payment experiences seamless, nearly magical. 
Of course, you will know that they are not magical, but why let your customers know? You'll know that you used Braintree, they'll think it's sorcery. So have that good magic on your side. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. And Braintree's continuous support plus fast payments means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. To learn more and receive your first $50,000 in transactions without fees, go to braintreepayments.com slash useful. That's braintreepayments.com slash useful. So um, we have my co-host Roy Berenson here, who is not just the handiest person in the office, but maybe the handiest person I have ever met. Uh, and Roy, you were on vacation visiting some family in Spring, Texas, which is outside Dallas, a couple weeks ago, I think. And uh, you were in the guest room, and your wife wakes you up at 2 o'clock in the morning and tells you there's a noise coming from the bathroom and makes you get up and go check it out. And then what what happened? <clears throat> well, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's one of these stories of things that go bump in the night, Jackie. There was this uh, slurping sound like a king-size coffee maker uh, coming from the, the bathroom. And so my wife shakes me out of a sound slumber at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I go in there, and sure enough, there's this slurping sound coming from the, uh, from the bathroom sink. And it's um, like a slurp, 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 like that. So it was very strange. So the next morning, I, I was speaking to my brother-in-law, and, um, you know, I described the sound, and, and we theorized about it a little bit and went into the garage and looked at the equipment in there and found that the timer on the water softener is set for 2 o'clock in the morning. So, so okay, so when I, think about, when I think about hard water and soft water, literally the only way that I understand this is when I go somewhere, I go to some cabin, I go somewhere in the middle of the woods or I'm way away from where I normally live, and suddenly I can't. I get take a shower and I can't wash the shampoo out of my hair. I, it's still greasy. I feel gross. That's hard water. Is that right or what? Well, it, it can have. Uh, it can go both ways. Um, softened water can feel very strange, especially if you have uh, long hair and you're using shampoo. That yeah, you don't have you don't have any hair. That's right. <laughs> so it I mean, you. yeah, it really it doesn't doesn't affect me too much. Uh, you know, I wash my hair with a bar of soap, and not, you, really? not, not shampoo. There's no sense in using shampoo. I don't have any hair. Uh, so, wait. So how do you so how do you soften water? Like, what does this machine do? Well, it's it's um, again, it goes back to the uh, electrochemical uh, reaction. Um, as the water in your house. The water comes into the house, goes into the water softener first thing, and that's a big tank with plastic beads in it. And um, the particles that are making the water hard, these mineral metallic particles, uh, cling to these plastic beads. And so don't think of it as like a, a coffee filter filter, like it's that coarse. It's, again, it's at the electrochemical level. So this is a tiny difference in electrical charge between the particles floating around in the water and the particles, uh, the plastic particles in the water softener. So those plastic beads take out these tiny particles uh, in the water. And eventually, the, um, the plastic beads get a lot of accumulation, and it needs to be flushed off. So there's a brine tank next to the, to the other tank, 
and you flush salt water through the plastic beads and then discharge the salt water and those particles out the drain. And, and that's what, what that was your surfing noise, was that? Yeah, that exactly. Mm. That, that water sort of jetting down the house's drain was creating a vacuum, a small vacuum behind it, and was actually pulling on the water in the trap. That's that slurping. Um, so when you have, so you have the slurping sound. What, how did how do you fix that? What do you do? Well, there's there's not a lot a person can do directly to fix this. I mean, the the water is gonna it has to discharge through the house's drain. That may indicate, by the way, that the house needs better um, uh, venting. You know, there mm. there could be a plugged roof vent or something. That the house, the drain system is not getting enough air, but. That's a timed thing. So if if you, let's say, are a light sleeper at 2 o'clock in the morning, you could perhaps set it for earlier or some other time uh, if that helps alleviate the problem or, or just do what I did and shut the bathroom door. So we're going to start our testing roundtable now, which is when we talk about what everybody in the office has been testing. We are always uh, looking at new things that can improve our lives and make us uh, cooler, life hackier, better people. Um, I have Roy here, my co-host, uh, who is our senior at home editor. And I also have a guest, uh, Cameron Johnson, who is an editorial assistant here and has been doing something very strange. Uh, Roy, Roy, let's start with you. What have you been testing? This week's unusual product is this thing from a company. We think it's pronounced Flugs. Flugs. Maybe Flugs. Flugs. Roy, what's in there? It looks like a fruit cup. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that, Cameron. It, it does look like a fruit cup. It's earplugs, flugs or flugs, uh, advanced hearing protection. And here, let's let's open it up and see. Um, hey. It's a nice a, pop. Yeah, a nice pop. Uh, That's how you know it's fresh. Wait, so you right. tested these and you haven't opened them? We're going to test this right now, in fact. We're gonna, we're, we've taken the, the, uh, f- the flugs out of their uh, fruit cup uh, container. And you put these in some water in, uh, in the microwave. They, it even comes with a, a cap that you put over the little fruit cup that they oh, come that's, in. But so the cup is like you, you use the cup yeah. to use yeah, them. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's the cool. whole point. Yeah, That looks so, like metal, though. Is yeah, it so well, it molds to your ear like, like they do with mouth guard? Cameron, or? that's exactly right. Uh, you, Nailed it. You, you played sports, I guess. <laughs> and, I did. In college. Or high school. High school. So they're supposed to work better than like what you'd normally. What are we? What are we talking about here? It's like this is, if your house is noisy or if you're no, it's oh, for like well, so you're construction sites. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you wanted to just block out some noise at home, you could use them. Right. But really, yeah, more like construction sites, your wood shop or something. Uh, so great for new parents. That's actually what I've been test. What I've been testing is kind of related to that. Actually, um, I w- I've been testing these. Um, Fiaton BT220NC. These are these, um, it's like a Bluetooth noise canceling headphone, actually. Um, and they're like, they're in ear headphones, but they're noise canceling. And the noise canceling is really good. Like, I was on the subway this morning and there was a screaming baby, and I just turned on the noise canceling and it was like, ah! 
Can you listen to music through like them too? Like it got too? like so quiet. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, their so headphones, they're regular headphones. They're regular. That you just have. They're regular headphones. They just have like this noise canceling. That is <laughs> super. Uh, so we're so we're gonna put these in the microwave. We, yeah, we're gonna put these in the microwave right yeah, now. Yeah, we're gonna finish peeling off the top. Put put on the protective uh, flugs. Uh, as you can see, it's got a rubber top that goes on this uh, on this little container, and we're gonna we're gonna take it for a uh, take it for a test drive. All right, let's do it. And we'll report back. So while we're so while we're waiting for Roy to put those in the microwave, um, we're gonna talk to Cameron Johnson, who has been testing something a little bit stranger. He's eating. Are you? You're eating people. What? What is? Something like that. It's called Soylent. Uh, it's uh, it's liquid food. It comes in this uh, green powder that you mix with water, and it's supposed to replace all the nutrients that you need to survive. So instead of eating, I'm uh, I'm drinking my breakfast and my lunch and my dinner. Oh, but I like eating. Oh, I love eating. Is that why you're doing it? That's why I'm doing it. Oh, so it's like a di- you're using it as a diet. I'm using it as a diet. It's a, it's is an easy way po- out instead point? of. I don't think so, but I like to take shortcuts, and this is an easy way out of. Uh, Cooking for myself and thinking about what is healthy and what is not healthy. So what does it t- what does it taste like? It tastes like nothing but the aftertaste. Like the aftertaste I would describe as uh, spackle that you put in your walls to oh, fill God. nail holes. And it's green. It is green. It's beigeish green. It's That's green in the powder disgusting. form, but once you liquefy it, it's it's kind of beige. And you you just mix it with as much water as you want. Mm-hmm. Or they tell you. You know you you they, it comes in a uh, with a with a bottle and a scoop. And you put the entire packet in, which is one day's worth. It's 2,000 calories. And you mix it with water and you shake it vigorously. And then you have to refrigerate it because it has to be served cold. I imagine because if it was served warm, you wouldn't be able to keep it down. You would, right? You just die right there. You'd you just die. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, wait, so um, what affects, how does it, are you supersize me already? I mean, are, are you like, like in that documentary, are you just ruined already? Oh, am I dying? Yeah. Uh, well, um, I was. Uh, I had to take the morning off from work today. Did you see? Because okay. uh, I was either too hungry or too sick. I can I couldn't determine it. But once I had more soil, <laughs> it, it it made it better. So you're addicted so to it. I might be addicted to it. To oh. it, yeah. You're gonna like try the heroin to, of foods. Yeah, you're gonna try to quit and go back to chicken wings at the end, and it'll it'll, exactly. it'll call to you from the refrigerator. It'll be too late. You are only eating soylent yes. now. Soylent owns me now. But it's actually pretty cheap, which is the best part, which is kind of why I did it as well. Because it's it's $155 for a, one single order of a two-week supply, which is 14 pouches. And that gives you every meal for 14 days. So it's about $10 a day. Can you tell me a little bit of the backstory of this stuff? It was created by uh, this guy named Rob Reinhardt and uh, the people that he was working with. They were computer programmers, uh, young guys working all day, every day. And they weren't eating well. They were eating ramen. And, and things like that. And they just kind of wanted a way to get the nutrients they needed without having to break for work and having to uh, to cook for themselves and having to think about all of this when they actually had more important things to deal with. So they uh, kind of reverse engineered food and went down to the, to the, the base levels of the elements that we actually need. So they got uh, like all the ingredients for food, like potassium and and different uh, like uh, well, vitamins, minerals, yeah, and vitamins. macronutrients, and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Macronutrients, Macronut- I believe, is, is all over their website. Uh, I bet. I bet. That sounds like an, that sounds like a soylent green sort of term. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you get all yeah. your macronutrients, but it's going to taste like spackle. Yeah, exactly. But so they worked with uh, with uh, with actual doctors and uh, and professionals to get it correct and to get the nutrients and the correct balance and to make it edible and something that you can actually survive on. I think that this is the only thing that the CEO uh, intakes. That's all he eats. Yeah. 
I'm pretty and sure. How, how long has this been going on? A couple years. And, so we're going to see if he dies like the guy from the Atkins diet. Well, the guy on the Atkins diet slipped and fell on concrete. Oh, but really I think happened? he was I think he was thinking about brownies <laughs> when, he, when he slipped, which is <laughs> deadly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have an opinion on the Soylent? Would you eat, would you eat Soylent? <laughs> no, I like to eat too much, Jackie. Do I, you? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm a meat and potatoes guy, not a Soylent guy. I think our producer is back now with, uh, the, with Roy's flug earplugs that have been in the microwave. Yeah, they, I get, they're I get, floating in there. They look like little jelly. They look like little jellyfish. I mean, and you can you can actually feel it. It's it's a little bit sticky and a very. Kinda, very it looks kind of squishy. Yeah, kind of squishy. So I got to take I got to take this earphone off. Excuse me. Okay, here we go. <laughs> he's putting it in his ear and he's stuffing stuffing it. He's holding his ear above his head with his other hand, and stuffing it in his ear. Is it hot? It's warm, but it's not hot. No, you don't. I bet, you, no, I bet that feels kind of good. Burn your I actually, ear. bet that feels kind of good. It's it's like a warm piece of. Cl- actually, it's kind of th- soothing. Tell you the truth. <laughs> See. Okay, so you you just you can feel it as you're pushing pushing it in there. You can mold it with your fingers. Now Roy can't hear us at all. <laughs> you can tell he can't okay, hear us at all. Okay, that's the that's can, the second. Can you hear plug. us, Roy? Can you hear us? <laughs> he can't. Roy. 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 <laughs> can you hear I us? Can't hear you. <laughs> Roy really can't hear it. They work pretty well. I think it sounds looks like they work. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna test it. Hey, um, Roy, uh, there's a fire. You need to get out of this room. Ever ever <laughs> since you got your own office, you seem like kind of a big shot. Run that by me again. <laughs> we- <laughs> this, this is weird. Like I could see your mouth moving. And I- <laughs> this is <laughs> he just okay. Take him out now. Take him out. The, Boy, they, they those do, are effective. Yeah, no, those they, they like really, really they, they fit. They mold they mold to your ear. So based on based on your testing so far, uh, this is what well, these are the Flugs uh, advanced. What are they called? Hearing protection earplugs. Would you would you use these? Yeah, I, I would definitely use these. I, I really am a firm believer in hearing protection, hearing and eye protection, and I w- I would use them. I think it makes it makes sense. I can see the different shape, you know, between the two of them, and I could hear the results. And they're a lot more compact than earphones. So, yeah, I'd use them. So you'd use them, yeah. Uh, and then, Cameron, um, so far, what what is your impression? Do you think that you're going to keep on with the Soylent after two weeks, after I, you're done with your two weeks? I think that I'm, I'm still fascinated by the fact that it exists. So I would recommend at least trying it, at See, least taking a sip of it and seeing if you could uh, sustain yourself on that. It's definitely not something that's for everybody. Okay. So you don't think uh, – you think – there's a certain kind of person that would use this. Absolutely. Okay. And and I think that I wouldn't deter someone if they wanted to try it. Okay. I think it's worth a shot. And I'll say the um the, these headphones that that I've been testing, I don't know, they the the noise canceling is really is really good on them. I think that I would probably continue using them. My fear with Bluetooth headphones is always that they're going to like come disconnected or they're going to die and then suddenly your music's going to be Everyone's going to everyone's gonna know that you're listening to Hey Jealousy by the Jim Blossoms. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be a share day and I'm going to be on the on the train listening to something ridiculous and then everyone's gonna, everyone's going to hear it. So that's our show. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by Jack Dillon. Thank you to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers from Panoply, and to Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. To find out more about flash freezing and see photos of us playing with the anti-griddle, you can go to popularmechanics.com slash podcasts. 
You'll also find other podcasts in the Popular Mechanics family, such as our How Your World Works podcast. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think of the show. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.